And now, Ravage Love. If there's something strange in your neighborhood, if there's something weird in it, don't look good. If you're seeing things running through your head, an invisible man sleeping in your bed, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's episode 31 of season three of Ravage Love. Hi, Julie. Hello, Renee. What it month is, is this? It's a October. Ooh, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. And I love that this year we got ourselves five full weeks. Also, this is a weird thing to get excited about, but the nerd in me loves that November 1st is on a Monday. I feel like it just makes it a very clean... Like, I like when the beginning of the month is on a Monday. I don't know. It just Ah. makes it a very clean calendar to look at, in my view. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I I, I would agree with you. And, like, Mondays are already depressing, so why not pay your rent on a Monday when you're already bummed out? Um, instead of ruining, like, a Friday or a weekend. I, <laughs> um, I just, just feel like... Just rip the band-aid off, yeah. Just do it. You're like, it's new month, new week. Let's do this. I'm broke. Let's go. Um, but, yeah, we had full five weeks of our October. This week, we decided to stick with Dealer's Choice because our October mm-hmm. just provides so many opportunities. And... So, yeah, we both read something that's just themed on the fact that it's spooky season. But on the topic of spooky season, I heard you have some creepy news for us. Oh, yeah. This isn't like news from this year, but um, it's okay. So more of a fun fact. It's some fun facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. So a few years ago, they're uh, at this uh, hotel called the Grand Midway Hotel, which Okay, is basically like a carbon copy of my home, um, just on a grander scale because it's got like spooky rooms and taxidermy and like it's. I'm gonna stay there someday. Anyway, um, they're a haunted hotel and they built the world's biggest Ouija board, and they did it on the on the roof of the hotel and it was one thousand three hundred and two point five four square feet. And they said that after they did that, the hauntings in their hotel, like, went completely insane. And the owners, like, would see, like, angry versions of each other all the time. And, like, they would, like, yell at them and stuff, thinking it was, like, their partner. Which, if you watch a lot of horror movies like I do, um, that's a thing. That's a thing that happens. Now, not to be outshined, the, uh, what's this group called? The group is called, like, the... Uh, it's the, they're called the Talking Board Historical Society, and they're in Salem, Massachusetts. And they built a thing called Ouijazilla. Yes. Yeah. And this was in 2019, and they debuted it. Um, and it was made using 99 sheets of plywood covered in 20 gallons of wood stain and paint. And it has the um. It's like the exact same board as the original. So they like recreated it. um, And so it has got like all these little ads around the sides. So it's like, it's got like this space for rent, inquire within, and then like little ads around it. It's really cute. Anyway, it has this huge plushette and they made a big humongous fucking pencil to go in the plushette. (laughs) What? 
Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Anyway, it 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 took over the the claim to fame as the world's biggest one. So, oh. um, but you know what? I you know it, it makes me kind of sad, kind of happy that like these giant boards exist, and yet there are no giant um, you know marshmallow men going through New York right now. That's true. Well, I don't know what that says um, about state of the world right now maybe like the ghosts just like do not want to be here oh um, i mean that's fair that, yeah. i i mean fuck if i could trade places with them i absolutely would but also um, i mean longtime listeners of the show will know julie and renee love a good roadside attraction give me the oh world's biggest whatever i mean we did a whole road trip of alberta looking at giant pierogi giant sausage so as soon as you said giant, I'm like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> Whatever it is, I am here for it. Really? Um, Even a Ouija board? Oh, yeah. But I don't get freaked out by them. Oh, okay, okay. I don't get I freaked don't out either. by them. What I get freaked out by in the context of horror and stuff that I've thought of since we actually had our conversation with Witzlorp about are you know things that freak us out and Mm -hmm. you know my mother was a professional clown so clowns don't freak me out i think i'm only scared of things that are i don't like uh, like the jump scares and shit or like home invasion or like yeah things like that were okay so there's a movie called buried with ryan reynolds have you seen this movie no, because I know he's just buried underground the whole time, and I I can't do that. Okay, yeah. So for people who don't know, this movie is so shockingly underrated. It's awful. Like, it makes me so mad that people don't know more about this movie. I also don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but it's called Buried. It starts Ryan Reynolds. It's, like, maybe 10 years old. Like, it's not new. And, yeah, he spends the entire movie buried alive. And so he spends the hour and a half basically trying to get out of this box before his oxygen runs out. And I don't know if you remember this movie with Colin Farrell years ago where he was like in a telephone booth the whole time. Um, So that can be a gimmick that can go one of two ways. This is so freaky because I'm claustrophobic. So the whole time I'm like, oh, I would be hyperventilating and have passed out five times already. Um, That's the shit that freaks me out. Like, yeah. So... Anything like Ouija boards and stuff, I'm like, meh. Um, like going to a cemetery at two in the morning, I'm like, meh. Like none of that stuff really freaks me out because I don't believe in any of it. But like, give me something that has like quasi element of reality, like Midsummer and Hereditary and like <laughs> shit like that, where I'm like, yikes. Like Midsummer, I'm like, I have 100% had crushes on loser dudes in grad school who absolutely would have taken me to a fucked up place like that and i would have just been like chin up tits up sister be positive don't be judgy you're being xenophobic like i 100 would have fallen into that trap like that's the shit that i'm like oh oh girl this is too real for me like a fuck boy in grad school like don't tell me that's not my kryptonite But like a Ouija board on the side of the road, I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'd be like, take my picture, take a picture of me crunking on this thing. I hundred percent would be like, look at me twerking on the letter J. Like I just wouldn't have cared. <laughs> <laughs> so 
cool for them. My friend recently went to Salem, Massachusetts, actually, because she's studying in the U.S. and is basically trapped there because of COVID. So she's trying to make the most of it. And she did a road trip there. And she said, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. And actually, one of my colleagues, now that I think about it, he's also in the U.S. He is on, like, I literally sent him a work email and got an automatic, like, email responder saying, I'm on my yearly pilgrimage to Salem with my family for Halloween. I'm like, yes. I love your family. (laughs) Um, Well, that's where the Satanic Temple is. Yeah. I mean, I have feelings about them and the work that they do, but they are doing a lot of work to challenge um, a lot of the abortion legislation in the States. So, you know, I don't, uh, as a a former insider, I will say that there are a lot of things that are real sketch, um, Mm -hmm. but every Satanist is also a theater kid and they're going big for the theatrics. They have like legit lawyers. Like, Oh, legit I believe lawyers. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. So, I mean, doing the Lord's work, frankly, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they have a big house there and it's all painted black. Like it's just black. It like, and I love it. And I want that for me. I want that for us, Julie. Like, we'll just have a big house. Us. Half will be yellow and mm. half will be black. It will oh. just be like, the weird Diane Weiss and uh, what's her face Rizzo, Stalker oh, Channing. A hundred percent. I mean, we could just do black and yellow, black and yellow. It would call it be called the Bumblebee House, and then people would love it. We would be a local attraction. I a hundred percent love this. Oh I would take a all matte black exterior house if the inside looked like the set of Blue's Clues. Now, if people don't, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I say this because. I have such a love, as you know, for like childlike aesthetics, like truly. And I remember I found this incredible house in a, a uh, one of the magazines, one of the bust magazines. And I posted it on Instagram and I was like, oh my God, this is my dream aesthetic. And you're like, that looks like a daycare facility. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I was like, nailed it. That is the name of my aesthetic. So... I mean, it's why I think our friendship really works. You bring the dark and I bring the light and together we make beige, I guess. (laughs) Great. I guess. I guess. Well, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, like, you know, this month we've talked about your complete, like, ambivalence towards clowns and your (laughs) love of childlike interiors. Um, Yes. Basically, like, yours is is the house in the good place that was supposed to torture her, but (laughs) didn't. That's your house. That's your dream house. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're right. Right? I am Eleanor's worst nightmare. (laughs) Oh, I am literally Eleanor's version of hell. Oh, love that for myself. Love that. I don't care. I mean, truly, in all sincerity, my favorite thing about myself is that I have refused to let the world make me jaded and that I am just like just the fluffy happy rainbows person I was always put on this earth to be but you're right throw in some clowns in there and that's some fucked up shit so no one do shrooms at my house is I guess the moral of the story but if it's our house you can come over to the cool like (laughs) monotone dark side museum part with, that's also a haunted museum because we would if there were ghosts in there already i would get them in there mm-hmm. and just make it but they'll stay on my side they won't want anything to do with your freaky haunted 
like no exactly haunted of like because it's just haunting it forever like they'll uh, yeah. can't imagine yeah, no. can't imagine being a ghost you know being summoned from the other side to like this clown to, house to the set like, of blues clips send me back, send me back. <laughs> they show up and i'm like hi this is bikini bottom and they're like get the fuck out of here they're like um, those are two different children's shows <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was here to earn my wings, but I'm in hell. <laughs> well, that actually feels like a perfect segue to <laughs> my book, which is about a bunch of freaks coming together under one house. Oh, that would be us. That would be us. Do you want to hear about my story this week? Sure do, bud. Okay, well, I read a book called Family Matters. Oh. And of course, all I thought of right away was, Did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> So it's called Family Matters, a Halloween interlude by Emma Peterson, who is an MM writer. So she writes strictly gay male romance, okay. and uh, which is cool. And this was published on Smashwords, which is how you can self-publish some stuff in 2016. Now, it appears that it is part of broader work that she does with characters that you might be familiar with in other contexts. So the subtitle for my book is A Halloween Interlude. And um, it stars Michael and I believe it's Zan. Okay, how would you pronounce X-A-N? Zan. Zan? Okay, that's how I've been yeah. pronouncing it. Okay, so Michael and Zan. Now what confused me a little bit, this book is very short, it's like 30 pages. But what I couldn't figure out, because it's Halloween related, was initially whether or not he was an actual vampire or he was dressed as a vampire. (laughs) Um, So this is a world in which humans and vampires exist and they hang out together and it's just like different races, basically. So he's a literal vampire. And Michael and Zan are in a fairly new relationship and they are attending Becky's Halloween party as these characters that I didn't understand. And thankfully, Becky is a cliched blonde bimbo like myself. And so she's like, I don't get it. And they're like, it's from Death Note. And then I had to look that up. And that's a manga. (laughs) Manga characters. (laughs) Yes, it is. That's wow. Okay. So that tells me a lot about your author. Okay. (laughs) Same. Okay. That's the same vibe I got. So Michael and Zan are showing up to this um, dinner at Becky's and it's a Halloween dinner, which I actually think is an incredible idea because then, right. And then the people, they can have the, the um, Char spookery. Oh yes. For people who don't know, go on Instagram and look up the Char spookery because it is. Yeah. Or just message me because I've had 25 people send it to me. Um, See, people know how you party, Renee. They know what I'm about. They, they I'm know. so sorry to interrupt you about that. Oh my gosh, that. no. But I'm just, I just, I started the sidebar because I absolutely think it's a brilliant idea because then people who have to go trick-or-treating with their kids then go trick-or-treating with their kids and then the people who want to stick around and like just get hammered and have a time can do so. People who want an early night. So the, Becky hosts this Halloween dinner and she must be related to one of them somehow because basically this house is Michael's childhood home and he is there with his boo-boo and they're having a time and um, they're eating food, drinking some blood for whom that applies to, having some chitter chatter 
Um, everyone, you know, they're swapping gossip. So they're talking about all these characters that I'm assuming are part of the other books because I didn't know who any of these people were. Um, most people leave and they're kind of trickling off and they realize it's just the two of them. And so Michael is like, well, we're home alone and uh, this is my childhood home. Always kind of wanted to fuck in my childhood bedroom. So what are you thinking, Zan? And Zan's like, are you sure no one's coming back? And he's like, yeah, yeah, they're gone for the night. And he's like, okay. So then they go up to his room and they bang it out. And then he hears something. So then they run downstairs and his dad has come back. And his dad's like, you guys are terrible at hiding what you were doing. I know what you were doing. And they're like, oh, shucks. And then because it's called Family Matters, I assumed it would be like a sitcom ending where they're both just like, ah. And then there's a laugh track. The end. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what? that was the entire book yeah okay. um okay. so do you have questions i have so many questions i'm okay. taking questions from the audience yes okay uh i want to know three things yes okay first thing scale of one to five how spooky was it then my other one is obviously spice factor and my last one is what dildo would you pair with this story or sex toy perfect okay uh not spooky which is my speed it was very much of the hocus pocus disney movie variety it was mostly just it was set at halloween with people who were undead and were wearing halloween costumes so not spooky um spicy i'm giving it four out of five bloody marys um Because it was spicy. It was short because the whole book was short, but it was spicy. There wasn't weird terminology used. Um, they did anal. There was lube. There was no conversation around condoms, but there was lube. Um, it was like very consensual. Seemed to be, they were both super into it. Um, so I give it that. And then your third question around sex toy that I would pair with it. Um, I would say a butt plug shaped like a cross. Oh my God, Julie. Oh my God. That's so sacrilegious. <laughs> it is. But again, the cross would give it that flared ending that you need in order for it not to get lost inside you. So well, you've clearly not put anything in your butt before, but okay. <laughs> like it's just going to get lost in there. Where's it going to go, Julie? A, Where's it going to go? Re- it's a real thing, Renee. Okay. You can literally... Uh, no, <laughs> Renee, for real! For real! That's why you can only put flared things in your... You're not supposed to only put flared things in your butt because it can literally get sucked up inside of you versus your vagina where your cervix blocks it off. Okay. I'm 100% serious. I just... You, this you is said nice. like a cross dildo and like all I can think of now though is like Kylo Ren's lightsaber. <laughs> I mean, girl, if that's what's going to get you there, imagine whatever you need. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I, I appreciate the practicality, though, of, of this. Of well, and this also, photo. like, isn't that how you kill vampires? You stab them with a cross? You can hold. You can't stab them with. I mean, unless you turn the cross into a uh, stake. But then I think oh, it would probably remove the cross like power, like the Jesus power, because you've defiled a cross. Okay, so it would yeah. just be a weapon. That's a good. It call. would be a sick ass weapon. 
I just kept, I just, I confused the, yeah, holding one up to like scare them away with st- driving a stake into their heart. See, this <laughs> is what I mean. I'm too, I'm not goth enough. I'm not goth <laughs> enough, Renee. So to the actual goth, I pass the mic to you. What did you read this week? Oh, I read a book called The Cold Man by someone <laughs> called Cat Klaus. Now, Cat Klaus has like four books. This one was the only one with any reviews and they were not good. Um, <laughs> Yet, here we are. Here we are. You know, I wanted to find something in a graveyard. I needed a book in a graveyard um, just to like, kind of like throw a little wink at uh, pre-trauma Renee. Like, hmm, I see a kid. I see ya. <laughs> um, just kidding. Pre-trauma. <laughs> um, so I've had anyway. this in, since in utero. I had trauma before it was cool. Okay. <laughs> My mom was a pregnant smoker. So like, don't even. Okay. I've had urethral issues my whole life. Um, <laughs> um, so my book stars uh, a nameless woman and her boyfriend, Alan. Already I fucking hate Alan, but I'll tell you why I also hate Alan more. So Alan, I don't hate him for this because we don't yuck yums, but Alan is a cryophiliac. It's not the same as a necrophiliac, which is being sexually aroused by dead folk. Um, mm-hmm. It's being aroused by cold folk. Now, as a person with Raynaud's phenomenon, uh, which is a circulation disorder, mm-hmm. nobody wants to be cold while they're having sex. This guy likes to be inside cold things when he's having sex. And his girlfriend loves him. So she goes along with it. But because, as it says in the story, she's a modern woman. And, like, as a modern woman, like, she's just trying to, like, be good to her man because she loves him so much. Like, whatever. She's adventurous. <laughs> um, but, you know, they, they try different things because they live somewhere that has, like, the seasons change. So it's difficult to always find cold places. So sometimes he has her sitting in a tub of ice. Sometimes he has her stand outside in the cold. Sometimes uh, they go and have sex in a meat locker. You know, they just get creative because that's how you keep a relationship alive. It's by like just being adventurous and modern. Okay. Um, so it's autumn now. It's autumn. And our character, our main character, she prefers to be, um, she prefers to fuck outside rather than like meat lockers um, and ice cube tubs because after the ice cube incident, she was shivering a lot and it turned Alan off. So anyway, so he comes home one day and he's like, hey, guess I know. Fuck Alan, right? <laughs> also, all I could think of is like that little video with the gophers. hundred percent. like, Alan, 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 yeah, Alan. <laughs> Exactly. I actually know an Alan, and that's literally how I say his name. (laughs) He (laughs) hates me. I have a cousin, Alain, so it doesn't work. Alain! Alain! Chris, regarde moi, Alain! But anyway, (laughs) so he's like, comes home one day, he's like, I have the best spot for us. And she's like, okay, tell me everything. And he's like, you know, the abandoned city cemetery? She's like, yeah. He's like, we're going to do it there. I don't know how much recon he's done, but the whole place is like overgrown. It's just, it's literally an abandoned cemetery, which I think has got to be illegal if it's not like your family plot in your backyard, (laughs) but whatever. Um, So there he has found a marble slab. I don't know if it's like on top of like a grave, like, like covering it. I don't know what it is. Like the top of a mausoleum. I don't know. But at this abandoned graveyard is just, 
one obviously priceless giant slab of marble. And he's like, we're going to fuck on that. So wear that like a really long skimpy peignoir that I bought you and meet me there, tits. And so she's like, all right. So they go and he's like, are you ready to wake the dead? <laughs> and she's like, stop it. Stop. Okay. And he's like, here's what I want you to do, babe. I want you to lie down on the marble slab. Get real cold. Just get real cold. And then just pretend like you're sleeping. And I'm going to come and I'm going to take you. But whatever you do, don't open your eyes. And she's like, hey, hey, hey. So she's lying down and she's waiting on this marble slab. And it's like, the wind's picking up. It's getting pretty cold. And she's like, okay, but I better not open my eyes because like that would ruin the surprise. So then she feels this presence come over to her. And she's like, oh my God, it must be him. Okay, be cool, be cool, be cool. I can also call her Becky. She's like, be cool, Becky. Just be cool. <laughs> and then, um, but he's got like a weird smell. She's like, did he like roll around in some leaves or something? And she's like, I'm going to have to ask him later why he smelled so bad. Like was made it part of the experience. Um, and then she's like, and then I felt a really cold hand on my throat. She's like, well, I, you know, it's nice to see him doing all the work for once. And then he just like gets on top of her. And she's like, it's, it feels like he gained some weight. But like her man's not making any noise at all. And then she's like, and then he puts his huge dick in me, but it's ice cold. And she's like, this sucks. And then the thing, like, he just comes and then leaves. And she's like, what the fuck? And she's like, well, I guess it was good for him. Fuck. Like, she's like so disappointed. And then she, from like next to her, she just hears like a, hey. And it's Alan. And Alan actually fell into a hole and bonked his head and has a severe concussion. Um, and she has to get him to the hospital. And so she rushed him to the hospital and it, you know, it, I guess the cops went to go investigate cause they thought maybe she like bashed him in the front of the head, but actually they found a, a hole and they're like, it looked like something came out of it. And that's what he stepped in and he bonked his face on the way in as he deserved to. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, it's implied that something undead had sex with her on this marble slab and it was disappointing for her. Um, I like to imagine it's a Frankenstein. Like, just like a little Frankenstein, you know, <laughs> like walking through the graveyard and he's just like, oh, what's this? Because, you know, if you've read Frankenstein, he's a very, very intelligent, thoughtful creature. Um, not like he doesn't have like the the physical ability to really show that in his gait um mm -hmm. but he's he's a smart monster um but i think in this instance maybe like okay so maybe dr frankenstein was like this this monster is is crazy i hate it and he buries it and then he wakes up and he's like fuck this and he gets out and then there's like this beautiful cold naked woman and he doesn't know the difference between he doesn't know what a woman is no idea it's Frankenstein. What does he know? Mm. What does he know about love? Nothing exactly. yet. Nothing yet. And so he's just like, oh. But then, like, just because he's still, like, he still has man parts. He still has man feelings, man hormones. You know, he, he gets aroused and he's it's just instinctively, he just knows that, like, his penis has to go in the cold thing. Now, she doesn't even wrap her legs around him or anything. She just... And she even said, like, I really wanted to wrap my legs around him, but he told me that I had to stay still. So, like, how was Frankenstein to know? He was yeah. never taught anything about this. 
He's just going on instinct. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's like he doesn't make any noise. He doesn't know. He doesn't know like you have to like be enthusiastic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He also also knows it's kind of gay to make noise when you're having sex with a woman, right? He, he's he's homophobic enough and like toxic <laughs> enough to know that much because mm-hmm. um, that's what his dad told him. But um, or just, you know, don't make he sounds heard. when you're having a good time because yeah, he doesn't exactly. know about women yet. Uh, and then uh, he comes and he walks away because he just feels a lot of shame, but he doesn't know why or what shame is. <laughs> um, anyway, the book ends and uh, she's pregnant. <laughs> She's pregnant with some, but she's like, I know that my baby is going to be the same as his father, a cold man. And that's how it ends. Oh, no. A cold man. Like, a cold man is, this is just the story of Jeffrey Marshall. <laughs> like, frankly. Um, <laughs> if I were to write a book about my father, it would be called Cold Man, not to be confused with this story. Because um, I feel like Frankenstein has more tender heart than my father. But I digress. <laughs> I could say he's never going to hear it. He's never going to know. And all of know. my cousins that listen to this, they'd be like, yeah, it's true. So. <laughs> they'd be like, no um, okay. found. Yeah. Anyway, well, it wasn't it wasn't good. But I wanted to talk about uh, cryophilia because I hadn't I didn't know that there was a difference between that and necrophilia. I thought I thought it was all like one and the same because obviously I'm ignorant and I don't know anything about fetishes. Because <laughs> you're so fucking square. I'm such a fucking square because I'm never around. Because hey! I'm a recluse. So, um, not spicy. Like, oh, yeah. It's not spicy at all because like she didn't have any pleasure and you know that's like, the, I want people to have a good time in my books. Oh, 100%. If they're not having a good time, no one is. No, she was specifically very disappointed and that's what I am going to read for you today. It's a disappointment in this woman. Becky. Um, the second thing I want to say is that um, it, you know what? It was it was unsettling. Not spooky, but unsettling. Like she, he smelled really bad. Like he smelled like death because he was a Frankenstein. And like imagine like just uh, that, it, it's creepy. So I'm going to give it like a zero out of five spook, but like three out of five creep. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then I would pair this story with literally any vibrator. Any any vibrator. It could be a toothbrush. Yeah. Um, just something to get this woman off. Yes. Like give something. her something. Yeah. Jesus. Just she any has vibrator. Suffered enough. Yeah. And like a warm blanket. One of those. Yeah, I was like gonna say can foil we blanket. Heated blanket? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, cold man. Wow. Cold man, cold dick. Hey, nobody wants cold dick. If you are listening to this as a virgin or looking to improve, or new to having sex with women specifically, nobody wants cold dick. Nobody wants cold dick. Nobody. Also, nobody wants any dick in a cold vagina. Like, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. You got to get that all warmed up so that it's, you know, slippery. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, like got- you wouldn't go down a frozen water slide. No, you wouldn't. Think about it. Yeah. No. Yeah, you wouldn't. Absolutely not. You would not. You wouldn't go for a rip down a fucking uh, slip and slide. No. Because you'd be, er, er, er. it'd be like throwing your face down a fucking half pipe at a skateboard park. Nobody wants that. Nobody so, wants it. Not a good time. Not a good time. So you're going to read us 
a moment where she is definitely not having a good time. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to read the moment that she has. She doesn't really even have sex. She just lays there. You know what? You know what? A real doll would have given more energy and range than (laughs) Becky in this story. Um, As an aside, though, I did want to say that because your story involved like legit anime cosplay. Mm -hmm. So like, it's just really meta. Um, I would go as Marge Simpson just to say, shut up Becky and then leave the party. That would be my whole thing. Cause I don't like being at parties. I love it. Thank you. Okay. Here we go. Okay. There. Was that a bit of rustling? I heard. I opened one eye, the tiniest slit. There he was, a shadowy figure just off to the side, and closed it again. Slow, heavy footsteps moved in my direction. Despite myself, I couldn't help but smile. He certainly was taking his role-playing seriously. Even with my eyes closed, I could tell when he came up beside me. His bulk blocked the moon out. He smelled musty. Had he rolled in a pile of leaves or something for authenticity? That would be just like him. I waited for him to clamor a ward, but he just stood there for a couple of moments, doing nothing. I pretended to be asleep, waiting for him to make his move. Then I felt his hand on me, at my throat. It was cold. He ran it slowly down my body, across my breasts. My nipples sprang up and down across my legs, like he was a blind man slowly exploring the territory. Still, I waited. He was really getting into this. I breathed shallowly in and out, as though being pawed in a quiet cemetery was something I did every day. This was actually exciting me. Then his cold hand between my thighs, separating them, pulling the sheer nightgown from my body. I waited like a sleeping beauty as he exposed my cunt... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Ah, to the windy night. (laughs) It's like like blowing in a bottle. (laughs) jug band okay Uh, (laughs) finally it seemed he was climbing aboard me he wasn't grunting or in fact making any sound at all i guess i just assumed he would i felt his heavy bulk swing on top of me wow he'd gained some weight recently and he fell heavily upon me the stench was awful later i'd ask how he got that nasty odor to him but for now i was eager to eager for his thick dick I almost shrieked as he slid it into me, but I bit my tongue. Had he brought along a thermos of cool ice to cool his cock off? I guess one of us had to be cold for once. He was doing the hard part. Well, that did make it more realistic, I had to admit. The chill of the wind, the moldy smell, the cold cock. I shivered, half with excitement, half with imagined horror. I'd remember this night, I was sure. I wanted to raise my legs up around him, but the awkward way he was laying on top of me and his slow movements made that hard. Fine, I was fine. I was coldly asleep like he wanted. Usually by now he would be sucking on my hard nipples, and they were hard, but he was role-playing all the way. He was just sort of rocking back and forth on my chest. I tried not to breathe too deeply and waited patiently for him to play out his fantasy. His rod sliding in and out of me was like an icicle. Then he was coming inside me, and I did gasp. That was chilly, as frigid as his cock had been. That icy thermos had really done its job. A couple of spurts, and then he was rolling off me, finished with his little game. I kept still, my eyes closed. Gotta stay in the roll. His shadow moved away from me. I chanced a quick eye blink and could blurrily see his back. He was hunched over in the moonlight, rustling slowly away through the leaves. Phew, that was pretty good. For him. 
I frowned. I hadn't got a lot out of it. I'd make him eat me out somewhere along the ride home. Usually he was much fairer about this. I guess he must really have uh, wanted to, quote, live out his Walking Dead role. So if that's not, like, the most honest yet saddest description of a straight sex scene. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's, like, you've been married four years. No kids. Like, you're just trying to keep it alive. Um, and, like, that's – she's, like, well – it was all right. And then, like, he'll go down on her for, like, two minutes and be like, did you come yet? She'll be like, oh, fine. Let's just go home. <laughs> that was Cold Man by Cat Cups. <laughs> what are like, you reading from me, Julie? <laughs> I was like, the way you think of that amazing meme where it's like, man, or you blow a guy for five minutes and then you pop your head up and he's like, did you come? <laughs> um, so I'm going to read for you right after they're done fucking. All right. Yeah. Um, da, 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 da. Okay. They took turns cleaning themselves off with the towel. When they were finished, Zan bundled it up and placed it on the floor, making a mental note to take it home to wash. He turned over and reached for Michael, but the vampire suddenly bolted up and out of bed with uncanny speed. What's the hurry? We still have plenty of time. I just heard the front door, Michael whispered, frantically sorting out his clothes from the heap on the floor. Someone's here. What? Sure enough, the sound of Jacob's voice floated up from the bottom of the stairs. Zan? Damn it. Zan tumbled out of bed, almost knocking Michael over. I'll be right there. He bellowed at the bedroom door that had foolishly been left open, praying that Jacob wouldn't come upstairs. They got dressed as fast as they could. Zan came close to strangling himself in his mad rush to tighten his tie. Grabbing his jacket, he ran out of the room and down the stairs where his father was waiting with a knowing smile. Hey, he put on his jacket and smoothed back his disheveled hair. Why are you back so soon? I forgot my eye patch, he explained. <laughs> he was a pirate. That's an important part of the story. <laughs> His Halloween costume was a pirate. Um, uh, what kind of pirate would I be without it? A pretty crappy one, I guess, Zan responded, laughing nervously. Brown eyes glanced over Zan's head toward the top of the stairs. Looks like I'm interrupting. That's okay. We just finished. Jacob's knowing smile widened. Um... Zan felt his cheeks heat. I mean, because we were just, uh, packing my Transformers? <laughs> yeah, I heard. You must have been packing pretty hard to make that much noise. Putting on his best innocent face, Zan looked his father in the eyes. I don't know what you're talking about, Dad. Your zipper's down. Shit! Zan spun around and zipped up while Jacob went to get his eye patch, laughing the whole way. He was still laughing by the time he returned with his left eye properly covered. Carry on, he said, waving with his hook as he left the house. Zan sat down on the bottom step and slumped against the railing. He supposed that he would always feel a little guilty and plenty embarrassed whenever one or both of his parents caught him in the act, or shortly after it. You can come out now, he yelled to the vampire who was still hiding in his bedroom. Oh man, Michael descended the stairs and sat down beside Zan. Your dad is going to murder me in so many ways. Nah, well, I don't think so. Uh, probably not. That's not very comforting. What were you going to do if he hadn't left? Zan wanted to know. Hide up out there for the rest of the night? Well, either that or jump out the window. Zan snickered at the thought of Michael tumbling through a second story window to escape Jacob's wrath. He wouldn't have been the first vampire to exit his bedroom that way. If my dads are going to kill you for sleeping with me, they would have done it already. So relax. They like you, Michael. They think you're a keeper. They do? Yeah. But do you... 
Zan lowered his head. He noticed that at some point during the conversation, their fingers had intertwined. I do, he replied quietly, pulling Michael's hand to his mouth for a kiss. Was this love? Zan didn't have a clue, but considering the way his heart soared at the sight of Michael's affectionate smile, he thought that maybe, just maybe, he was close to figuring it out. Eventually, they headed back up the stairs, side by side, hand in hand. Wee! Isn't that sweet? That's so much fun. I, You know what? I'm glad that you had this M for M romance to kind of and balance out your shitty... Yeah! Your cold mm. man and like, yeah. we've both been on a bad streak. You know what? No. Ganged by the Mothman was oh, oh, literary. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was that's great. Fair. I've had yeah. a bad streak. I've had a really bad streak. Yeah. So that's because I, I I picked books for you, and that's oh, yeah. no longer appropriate. Frankly, I'm I'm <laughs> no good at that. <laughs> well, I will say the book I read this week um, is part of the Harborview Immortals series. And um, the author, Emily Peterson, offers like free stories all the time about it. So, yeah, if you are interested oh. in the, well, that vibe of a story, which I would definitely read something of hers again. So um, check out the Harborview Immortal series. We have That's just nothing. wrapped up a Rocktober. Uh, no, you know what? Maybe a Rocktober is over. Maybe. But I'm going to get some more weird spooky good stories in before the end of 2021 oh my god have no I doubt want nothing less from you have no doubt no i'm we're, gonna you stick know what? to what i know best and you're gonna stick to what you know we're gonna stay in our own lanes and just kind of <laughs> high five each other as we pass like boom absolutely boom. yeah um because we are the yin and yang of podcasts let's be clear because I'm like, yeah. I want it gay and cheery with a little bit of spice. And you're like, I want it weird and dark and spicy. <laughs> and make it uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some weird cryptids. I love it. I love us more than anything. I, I do too. I've learned so much this month. I've learned about ovipositors. Oh. I've learned about cryophilia. Oh my God. That's true. I learned about those dildos that you can put eggs in. Oh my god, yes. October is just like... shit. October has really taught you so much. Yeah, I feel wiser. I mean, you're definitely not the the same person you were a month ago. That's clear. Clearly. I mean, how do you go back from learning about even just the, the egg laying fetish? Like... I mean, I'm I'm okay to go back to a world in which I didn't know that, but point point taken. Point. <laughs> so know that we are taking things in a different direction for the rest of the year, including a full month of holiday surprises. But don't worry, if you love spooky, weird shit, Renee will always be bringing the heat week after week. So make sure you fill out your bingo cards. It's your last chance. Download one of our bingo cards if, um, you know, listen to the Rocktober episodes. Get yourself a bingo. Slide in the old DMs. Get yourself a treat. Yeah, you can send in your bingo card no later than November 30th. You get a month. Because, you know what? Maybe you didn't listen to the episodes as they came out. Yeah. I respect maybe, that. Maybe It's okay. Maybe We're all busy. busy people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you don't get me your card before the end of the month, then you're not getting anything. And that would be a travesty because we got prizes. We got gift cards. We got a Wit Slorp pack. 
coming. We have, oh my god, what else? I don't know. There's stuff. So much, Check out our Instagram. There's stuff. There's, there's so much stuff. You don't want to miss it. Don't so be a stuff. Chump. I don't. I mean, I don't want to be that person, but FOMO. You will have FOMO. I'm just telling you, you right now. It's true. And I only just learned what that meant, so I would agree. <laughs> I was like, well, what was... is that? Is it like a dim sum? Like, what is that? So. <laughs> FOMO sucks. Dim sum and tasty. It was. I don't um... have. I don't have FOMO. I have like. Romo, like regret. <laughs> oh, there is a word for FOMO, like the opposite of FOMO. Shit, I'm trying to remember what it was. Someone taught me because I said the exact same thing. I'm like, what about the I'm just at home, happy to miss the event? And someone I just don't told wanna, me, I don't want to go do anything ever. But even still, and even though I have incredible, lovely people in my life who don't stop loving me, even though I never show up for them at their <laughs> events, um. You know, I just, I still always feel so guilty. So let's call it GOMO. <laughs> Guilt of missing out. <laughs> Grief that's, of missing out. It's the Catholic version of FOMO. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, amen. Also with you. <laughs> GOMO with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Julie, next, I'll see you next your October, buddy. We'll, I'll, I'll see you then. We'll sprinkle it in. That these versions of ourselves will not come back out until October 2022. Yeah, we're like, we're passing the torch over to Mariah Carey now because it's her time to lead the next um, part of the year. It's her season. So we're really transitioning. Is. We're passing the mic from her October to Mariah Carey so she can thaw and come out and grace us with her presence like she does every holiday season. It was so lovely chatting with you, Renee. You know, if you listen really closely, you can hear Mariah defrosting. She's like... <laughs> Like in the background, like just can you hear it? Just a little hitting that, hitting that note. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. Uh, can you sing us out, please? I'm as sure. As Margaret, I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> ravage love, ravage love. Oh, bye, you spooky bitch. <laughs> bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS the number two J Show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.